0: You're listening to the Pimpcron Podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Pimpcron Warhammer Podcast, where we cater to casual and fluff gamers, and we try to ignite the flame of hobby inside each and every one of you. This is the Pimpcron, and I will be joined by a gaggle of different guests, as always. And as always, we always have a lot of things to talk about. So, what exactly are we covering in this episode? Well, I will tell you. We have a Tesseract mailbox voicemail. Good God, someone finally called the hotline. I am ecstatic. So, I, uh, I'm very, very excited about that. And that's uh, the Tesseract mailbox for tonight. We also have a... Uh, want that or want that not, and this is our final live recording from Shorehammer, a big old group discussion about GW terrain and the new terrain that they've been putting out. It's not about one particular piece, it's just about all the different types of terrain and what we think about it. We also have a, well here's an idea with the Pimpcron, and I am joined by Mick Storman once again, and we have an idea about using Reaper models. We talk at length about Reaper and how much we... Well, I won't tell you. So we talk at length about Reaper. See, I always want to give this away. I don't know why exactly. We also have a real talk with the PimpCron, which is part two of the Game Store Owner Confessions with J.D. Wilkins from Phoenix Ga- Phoenix Rising Games and Comics. If I can pull that out of my gullet. And finally, we wrap it all up with a Get Brittle with the PimpCron, talking about my free rules, Use Your Own Models, rpg light skirmish war game called Brutality. And we are knee-deep in the supplement, which is The Wastes. And we will be talking about a region called The Once Was. And that will wrap up the show. So, please uh, call the hotline whenever you possibly get the chance. I do appreciate it. It's in the show notes. Or you can contact us at face- facebook.com pimpcron. Or, of course, pimpcron at gmail.com. There's many, many ways to contact the Kron, and that's exactly what we need you to do. Um, without you contacting us, we would not have a test track Mailbox each episode. And so far, you guys have been super, super friendly and super, super um, interactive, and I appreciate that. You know what? I just realized that this episode is going to be airing right before Christmas on Christmas Eve, and I don't really feel like doing a christmas episode at all so i don't think we're gonna do that (laughs) and uh that's just you know the way it is i don't know maybe next year we'll do a christmas episode didn't really have anything planned for christmas and um as much as i do enjoy christmas but ah well maybe next year we'll do a christmas episode so anyway Happy holidays. Uh, happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um festivus even. And I will let you begin listening to this episode. Let's open the Tesseract Mailbox. Welcome to another edition of the Tesseract Mailbox. This is the Pimpcron and you will not believe we actually have a real call from a real person on the hotline. I was so pleased. And please remember that you too can also be on the Tesseract mailbox on our voicemail by calling 419-972-1811. That's 419-972-1811 and you can join the conversation. A person calls in to voice his complaints or his opinion as to what we should have expected by putting Loremaster Alex in front of a microphone with dozens of people. So... We will see what he has to say. And um, for all of you that don't know exactly what we're talking about, a couple episodes back on the Live from Shorehammer episode, we had a roundtable discussion with, um, I don't know, 30 people or so. I don't know how many people it was. But um, we had a a group discussion about um, the Best and Worst Codexes. And Loremaster Alex had a very cringy story and made everybody laugh. And I had to censor it because I thought it was... Not worth putting on the the podcast. Let's just go ahead and listen to what he has to say.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to uh, say that uh, I think I think you asked you asked for that. Definitely, if you, if you gave one after Alex the mic in an open room of people and and they all were looking at him like for attention, you, you, you definitely should have known what was going to come out of his mouthful, So you should you should just not edited it and
3: just suffered through it, but. That's, just, that's my two cents.
1: Well, there you have it, folks. There's a candid opinion on what we should have expected from Loremaster Alex being in front of a group of people with a microphone. Uh, what should I say tactfully about this comment? Um, this person either knows Loremaster Alex personally or is a keen observer of behavior and has been listening to the podcast for quite a while. And he might have picked up on some things that slipped through my grasp while editing the podcast. We all love Loremaster Alex, and he's a dear friend of ours. But he does sometimes have foot-in-mouth syndrome. And what that is, if any of you don't know, if you're like, I don't know, eight years old listening to this and don't know what that is... Is that he often says things that are inappropriate or uh, just should not be said in polite company. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's still a hoot to be around. So yes, uh, as soon as I gave him that microphone, I was like, "Oh dear God, this is this is not gonna this is gonna be a mess." And luckily, he did not uh, let us down. So, I guess that's all I have to say if I'm being tactful. Uh, while we're recording, here's some beso- behind the scenes stuff for the uh, podcast is when we're recording with Loremaster Alex, I frequently have to stop recording and go, Loremaster, we're not going to say that on this podcast. <laughs> so, occasionally he gets a little uh, political and I have to uh, cut it out. I won't tell you which way he goes because it's irrelevant. And um, other times he just goes to, the, to the, the straight to the gutter. And I don't personally shy away from the gutter. I'm perfectly fine with it. But as far as my podcast and whatnot, I, I want to have a certain level of standard. I mean, we could just say the, you know, the F word every five seconds. And we could be, you know, making political commentary about this or that or whatever. And, you know, that's that's not really the vibe I want to go for. So, I think I've said enough on this. And uh, Loremaster Alex, we still love you. It's Okay. <laughs> Next segment. Want that or want that not? On this edition of Want That or Want That Not, we are talking to a live studio audience at Shorehammer and discussing exactly what we want and what we do not want. And basically, we're talking about terrain here, all the new terrain sets and everything the Games Workshop has been coming out with as well as some new models and whatnot, and generally fanbush, fanbush, fanbush. Uh, Loremaster Alex was there, but there was no fanbush involved. Fanboy gushing is what I was trying to say, that we love their new terrain sets, and here's what some people had to say. Nothing? I mean, you it- saw that noise, barrier. Any particular? Oh, dude, <laughs> that noise marine! I just I last l- last week I, I was talking about it, dude. That noise marine is so awesome. It's I might have to him Roxo, the rock and roll iron. I am ready. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you know the mech shop is still one of my all time favorite. I don't even know what the rules for the mech shop are, but the amount of detail, all the web, uh, all the weapons, all the tools, all the nuts and bolts, and the mechanics lights hanging. And... All that
0: that mech shop you're talking about for the orcs?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a really cool piece, and the price isn't bad either. It's like you get a lot of scatter terrain, a lot of barriers. Like it's it's uh, not a lot of fine. Yeah. So, w- honestly, if we're talking models, you you have to give some benefits to the overall terrain that they've been building. That five-inch tall, universal, the astre- the the Mechanicum matches with the uh, the new stuff. Yeah. It's perfect. You If you go on the, the artist who built most of it, he has a Twitter account or a, one of those online sources where he will tell you the different ways that you can bullshit things into cool things. <laughs> like he's like, no, I made it to where if you do this, this, this matches with this, this matches with this. You're like, how did I not know that you can get some really cool terrain pieces from that stuff that is mixtured. And oh, it's so
0: good. The so, artist did a great job.
1: You know what too, is that they've, they've put a lot of cool detail into <sighs> their terrain lately. Cause uh, bliggity blam Steve over there was showing me that one of the plasma, plasma generators has that plasma plasma battery or whatever you can pull out Why and are you it fisting snaps this? in and that thing came out of the uh crashed aquila from third edition mccrag it's the same piece and it snaps in it i'm like dude how long ago was third edition was, it was it's like 99 it was and now, it's the same years. piece and they snap in like that's attention to detail that is that's crazy the yeah
3: it's amazing. And, and just talking about the new models and everything, like everything's been great. And I've never bought any terrain until tonight. I saw that crane set with the two tractors is amazing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I I need that. And, and that's the first. Rules? I always I don't even know if it has rules, but it, it's a giant crane and tractors. And I was like, I, I have to have this because yeah. I usually make my
4: own terrain and it's no sense buying it. And I was like, nope, I need I need that. So there you I, go. I have to agree. It's like even if it doesn't have like special rules, you don't you don't have to pay the points to use it just to put it on the board and make it look cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like like you were saying with the mech boy shop, I just love that, that model. And as a modder and as a mech boy at heart, I just look at that and just ideas just start coming to mind about how I could incorporate that into like a war truck where like a mech boy is like trying to fix a hot rod in the back of a war truck during a battle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just that kind of stuff is what I'm saying. Like, th- like you, I agree. The detail is so much better. And you really like, even if you don't want to pay the points to use it as it is, you can still put it on the field. Just saying.
1: And remember, we all used to complain because all their terrain was Imperium. Yeah. You know, we got the, what, the Tidewall? What was the towel a couple yeah, years ago? Tidewall? Tide wall. Yeah, but now we actually are getting the Feculent Narmal yeah. and the, the Eldar Jungle, right? And the gate. Yeah, and oh, the gate, of, yeah. 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 So at least they are slowly starting to build army specific terrain. Yeah, everything's not just a gothic church.
0: You don't have to rely on Yeah.
4: I remember in third edition, Tau Codex, where they gave you an instruction guide on how to build Tau buildings out of potted plant-like pots and cups and, like, literally how you kit-bash from spare parts they give you in the tank kits to make terrain for the Tau. Trust me, I'm ecstatic about their terrain now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I do miss all, like, the... All the codexes used to have like conversion and
1: how to convert all this random stuff or oh take these bits and make it into this cool thing and it's like they went away from that for a while and just like pretended it didn't exist and they seem to be kind of slowly getting back into it
2: i was talking i forget who i was talking to today but the old third or fourth edition rulebook had just one section about building terrain and i think it was like third edition because it came in the dark eldar space marine box yeah. and it was like and it just, like, had I just would lay in my bed as a kid and just stare at the two pages about building terrain for, like, an hour, just daydreaming about the day when I'd have money and be able to do this, you know? And I love that that's kind of coming back. And I'm like, oh, it's great.
0: To be fair, back in the day, you could they gave you instructions on how to build a
2: hover tank with deodorants. Yeah. That's yeah. a unit! Now, <laughs>
1: yeah. now, Orc Dave isn't here, but he would he would hoorah out of that. Because, yeah, yeah.
4: it's not just the unit, Walt. Walt it is the absolute unit
3: and and again for me like terrain's just not i i've been slowly dipping my toe in the the, the pool and stuff but uh <laughs> the pond the pool and now- yeah and now it's, just, it's it's late i'm tired um but i even the new starter sets even when they come like the basic some of the Age of Sigmar the easy snap stuff comes with the little basic terrain and the mat you can put down just for it's for people like when you don't have any terrain you're like oh now i have these two things i could set out for very simple and it's it's just an addition to buying the models and you're like oh I have this train piece sure it's a piece of cardboard whatever but it looks neat and you put it all on the table so a lot of that newer just easier accessible stuff I like just because I'm also lazy you know so (laughs) it it, it works for someone like I need that I don't have to glue it I can put it together it's great okay I'm, I'm good to go
1: now here's an idea Welcome to another edition of Well, Here's an Idea with the Pimp Cron, and today I'm joined by my longtime friend, Mick Storman. Hello. And he is new to the hobby, as we've said in previous uh, segments, and we wanted to discuss the idea of using Reaper models or other third-party models, but specifically we both have a lot of um, uh, experience with Reaper. And using Reaper models as either substitutes for 40k models that happen to be too expensive... And some people just cringed because <laughs> um, because some people have real issues with proxy models, even mm-hmm. even if they look better, even if they because proxy models are usually cheaper. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this this hobby is a little bit pay to play, yes. you know, because it's kind of expensive. So people get irritated when you have troops that aren't GW troops. Yes. You know? Now I don't have that issue, but um, I'm not offended by that. The
0: thing is, though, I don't know why people would be upset by that. I would just be glad that people are playing. The hobby, playing the game. Yeah, but because,
1: if if they spend that money, they want you to spend that money. Well, I so. mean,
0: not to knock anybody on this podcast, but it's not a very big community. No, I'd be happy that it it would even just grow. I would love for it to grow bigger, so more people can play. Versus, you know, turning um, or looking down on somebody just because they're not playing the standard. It's uh, true. Uh, you you would think it would be more welcome in the game. Then they might buy more miniatures. Yep. Uh, of that of the of that of the, um, that type to, or that the, theme t- or exactly yeah. it, then it might get in get it more and buy invest more into it versus someone like me like getting into Warhammer I'm not going to spend a thousand bucks to, for an army <laughs> just to try it like I'll, I'll use uh, miniatures from Reaper they are more affordable yeah and then proxy them in to see if I like it or not
1: now um, McStorm and I are both big fans of Reaper. Um, yes, But huge. this is not in any way sponsored by Reaper or anything else. This is completely our unfiltered, uh, truthful opinion of the Reaper models. And, I mean, not everything I have to say is good about them, but 99% of it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just want you guys to know that this is not some sort of ad, you know, paid for by Reaper or anything like that. But, as most of you know, Reaper has been around for a long time, like 20 years or more. And they were always metal models. And I personally prefer metal models. So do I. They're very durable. Yes. They don't, you know...
0: If it's something about having a weight in your hand. I don't know what yes. it is about that. I just I like having that little bit of extra weight.
1: Now, I don't usually proxy models for Warhammer, but of course, Brutality Skirmish Wargame mm-hmm. is all about finding models that interest you and, and making you a fun, your yeah. Warband.
0: And that makes it fun. So,
1: about um 15 feet behind you, I have an entire drawer of Reaper models that I have not mm-hmm. yet painted for Brutality. Yeah, I got so. like five boxes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so I do prefer their metal models, mm-hmm. but, um, I, I can only speculate at this, but a couple years ago, like five, ten years ago, Reaper, you know, metal models were going out of fashion. Mm-hmm. And that's when Reaper did this huge Kickstarter with Reaper Bones, mm-hmm. which yep. is them recasting all their metal models in this plastic.
0: It just in brand new ones that are making new ones to this day of yes. new types and all and that good stuff.
1: to my knowledge, Reaper has the biggest, uh... Uh, range of models. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got wizards and space people and aliens and monsters and literally anything you could ever want. Mm-hmm. So, what is your? Um, let's start with them. Um, what is your favorite thing about Reaper?
0: Well, I like it. They're constantly updating their website. They're 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 constantly making new miniatures. I mean, right. every couple of weeks if you go on Reaper.com, There's new miniatures they come out with. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and they're doing now. They're doing li- um, live um, podcasts. Oh. And I thought that was really cool. And I think they just recently started the last couple months. Oh, that's and cool. It's, and it's very um, watching their videos. They're painting as they're uh, as they're talking. They're actually painting miniatures and they're giving their advice. They got guest speakers come on, just like you know what we're doing now. Uh huh. And um, and they just they have they got a lot of potential. And they got a lot of. Uh, I mean, they already had it. I'm just yeah. But they got so much more growth that it seems like I could see them becoming really uh a great great company. And, um, what what they offer just it's amazing uh, their customer service is phenomenal
1: no I haven't dealt with their customer service mm-hmm. but apparently you have
0: yes uh, they, they do the Rebercon every year and do you know where that is it's in Texas Oh it's in Texas okay. every year. I wish I could go to it but my business I the, the time they had it I can't go down there cause uh-huh. I'm too busy with my with my work but uh, I, I actually direct I did a, a direct message to him on, on on Facebook and I said hey I really wish I could be there I want to get one of your grab bags. Um, and right now it's saying it's sold out, but I would like to get one. And they messaged me back within about five minutes and say, hey, <laughs> we would love for you to get it. This is what we'll do. Let us know. Because I, was, I wasn't at home. I, I was at the office. I was, I was underway. They said, well, and I told them that. I said, well, I'm not, I'm not home or anything. And they said, well, and they messaged me. And they said, well, once you get back to your computer, message us again. <laughs> so I said, okay. So I got home. I said, all right, I am at home. Then they said, okay, well, we just well, we just put into our cart, our, our item, item, that you could get a, a grab bag. Uh-huh. So refresh your computer, and then you could select it and check out. And sure enough, it was there. <laughs> That's they, they, cool. P- they purposely put one in so I could have it, and then it was sold out.
1: That's cool. And they
0: purposely put one in there so I could check it out, buy it online. And I thought that customer service was so phenomenal. I don't know what companies would ever do that. Uh-huh. And they... They, I mean, we talk back and forth, and I uh, said a lot of nice things. They said a lot of nice things, and it's it's just really cool that they were really interacting with me.
1: Now, at what point did you guys touch tips?
0: <laughs> I was just wondering. And there we go. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of docking. Yeah, a little bit going. of do- Oh, my goodness. That's wrong.
1: I just, I just derailed No, but so I was
0: just really impressed. I mean, it, it seems like they really care about the people that are – um. Into, into their company and um, and even watching their 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 um, podcast it, it seemed very personable no
1: now i I agree with you it seems like they're um, kind of like the way games workshop used to be and they're mm-hmm. trying to get back to now where they care about the customer yes and they're like friendly and it, they're it gamers means, too it
0: means a lot it yeah. really
1: does um, now also what I do like about them is anytime I make an order you know I try to make the minimum so that I get the free model Mm-hmm. Which I think is also special. Yeah, I, I love doing that. Because I think yep. it's pretty much every month. Right? Every month,
0: every month they come out with a new model. If you order forty bucks or more, and during like the holidays they get specials where you get more stuff. If yeah. It's... Yep. But and generally, they have... it's forty dollars or more.
1: Now you got a really good Black Friday sale recently. Yes, right, they
0: them. had a, a dollar. Only one dollar, and you could get um, their paints. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was. It was, uh, and actually, what's was so cool about Reaper. Not only did they do it for Black Friday, but they extended it for like four days past it. Wow, or four or five days—something crazy like that. So even if you didn't make it Black like Cyber Friday or Black Friday or Cyber Monday, they still had it on their website where you could still purchase these paints for <laughs> a, a buck.
1: No, it's funny because uh, Mick Stormer and I just had a painting session where we were painting models, and he pulls out like a whole bag of uh, Reaper paints, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "You have all these GW paints. Why do you suddenly have Reaper paints?" And you're like, "They were a dollar, dude. I know they
0: were <laughs> a dollar." And um, and and I, you know, and I. Uh, I believe in the mentality, trust but verify. Uh-huh. So I wanted to make sure these paints are what people saying about them online. Do people like them? Do they hate them? Are they, are they cheap? And most of the people online, I would say 99 out of, of 100, love Reaper paints. Hmm. And they, they swear, but they like them. I, I know everyone's got their preferences, what they like to use, But what, what I gathered from online. Um, but a lot of people love Reaper paints. So for a buck... That's a really good, to my opinion, that's a really good deal, especially if you're new to the hobby, where you don't want to break the bank. Um, it's a good way to uh, get into it.
1: There's a lot of things. Good marketing y-
0: they, on their part.
1: There's a lot of things you can do with Reaper models. Um, obviously, like I said, Brutality or any other game like that, that, mm-hmm. you can use whatever models you want, but Also, there's all kinds of, like, you could use cultist models, Um, you know, Reaper models Mm -hmm. as cultist models, or um, demon hosts, like people possessed by demons, or demons themselves, Mm -hmm. or um, they even have some characters that look like they could fit either in Age of Sigmar Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, Lots of fantasy stuff. Like, I have a free guild, uh, a free people's army for Age of Sigmar, Mm -hmm. and there's a million people on horses, a million people that could be generals or leaders or whatever, um, so, I mean, of course, you are saving money by proxying models that way. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it to fit a theme, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. You know, like, um, uh, Loremaster Alex, with his guardsmen, he he bought 3D printed AK 47s mm-hmm. for his Imperial Guard. Nice. And because he wanted them to look like that. Mm-hmm. He didn't want, they normally have LAS guns, uh-huh. which are shoot lasers. And that, what's wrong with that? And there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, and, but a lot of people do kind of have that issue.
0: I have I, they wanted to have a dildo guns. <laughs> more power to them! I think that'd be so cool that they would take the um, time and energy to make their army unique and different you know, than, the, than the cookie cutter standard.
1: It's true, and ultimately, you know, there's a there's a lot of art to this hobby. Exactly, like, yeah. it makes it interesting. Yeah, the, the lore and the all that. So. And then,
0: then the storyline, how you made your guys, it makes it more entertaining and fun versus the generic, almost like uh, video games where there's modders. Yeah you got the vanilla mode where people play vanilla or they play the modded. And a lot of times, people, people like the modded because it's more interesting and fun and exciting. It's a different version of all of it. Exactly. Game. It makes it interesting. And <laughs> A little segue. In a way, that what you suggest in Brutality, where you bring any models into it, you're more of like the, the civil rights leader of a, a game. <laughs> because you believe everyone should be able to bring their own pieces in, which is so cool. Yeah. And these these companies like Game Workshop... And I, now, I'm not knocking Game Workshop, so please forgive me if i Because they got bills to pay. Exactly, and I understand still. it, but it seems like games that are only... And, and people, they're only like, well, you can only play with these miniatures, and that's it. It's very um, segregated. Yeah. And in a way, it's I just don't like that. I think everyone should be inclusive in a way. And
1: and like you said, this isn't a huge industry. It's not. not. compared to D&D or Magic or video games. Warhammer is not a huge industry. No, it's not. Not at
0: all. And so. I'm not knocking them. Like Once again, I'm not... I'm not trying to insult the company but you would think you would try to bring more people in yeah and um but it's I think like you said it's you are like the civil rights leader of a uh, different <laughs> game where everyone like which is is so cool because everyone's welcome yeah it'd be cool to, it'd be cool if which you're starting up the, the whole um, brutality if everybody could bring their own miniatures into a game and make it stand and it's a standard game uh uh-huh. and everyone could bring your own miniatures in and they could play by the rules and what's so cool about that there's so many unique miniatures in the whole world that it's you can play against other people that you would never seen miniatures like that before that's the truth yeah and that's what makes it so exciting and um i wish game workshop and the players would be more accepting of of the other races of <laughs> quotations of a uh, um of miniatures it just it, it, it would be a more uh, welcome environment i think
1: so the, the ultimate idea behind this, well here's an idea, is that there are not just Reaper, but a million, literally a million small-time third-party miniatures makers, mm-hmm. and you should try to step out of your comfort zone with Games Workshop or Mantic, and try to look at their ranges, because Reaper has probably the hugest range. Oh, but, I love it. And they've been going on for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. but... Um, I do know off the top of my head, uh, Ramshackle Games uh, has a lot of cool vehicles and things like that. And um, there's, I mean, what we need to do is a separate episode sometime of just uh, some of the major third-party miniatures, because mm-hmm.
0: there's there's so many. Oh there my is, God, yeah. so many.
1: And they've got some really cool stuff. I bought um, I bought uh, what are essentially Ghostbusters mm-hmm. from uh, a website, and uh, they're Ghostbusters, not Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're the characters, but they're uh, paranormal exterminators. Mm-hmm. They're not. Actual Ghostbusters, but that's for brutality. Gotcha. And um, I've got models that are, you know, supposed to be Star Trek, but they're not yeah. Star Trek. Um,
0: it just seems in a way, like, um, like this could be another topic, but it's almost like Game Workshop. It's like almost like a political party, uh-huh. where people want to side with this political party and that, and there's only two, and that's it. And, and first, no mixing. exactly, and it's like it's sad because if you if you just choose one side and don't branch out and try to compass all the other miniatures or other ideas, it, it's not. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Uh, People like me are not going to want to join and play if it's just that way. But anyway, that's that's a different topic for a different day.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you, as always, for being on. And uh, that was our, well, here's an idea for today. And thanks for being on, McStorman.
0: Thank you, PimpCron. Later. Yep. Hey, everybody, it's the PimpCron. And today I've got a product that...
1: You did not know that you could not live without. That's right. Becoming a patron on Patreon for the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast is everything you've ever wanted. We guarantee that it will clean up your spills, make your whites whiter, teach your dog tricks, and take you to the edge and even clean up afterwards. That's right. It's everything you could ever want in a product ever. Just go to patreon.com/pimpcron. And pledge your allegiance to the almighty Kron today.
0: Now it's time for Real Talk with Pent Kron.
1: So, before you started uh, running and owning a gaming store and comic store... Did you have any different feelings about what it would be like versus how you know it is now?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely thought it was different. Um, not like drastically. The uh, I kind of like I said before, I kind of grew up with store two, uh, from your previous podcast. So I kind of I was I'd gotten close to the store owner and I kind of saw some of the inner workings. I mean, with the without knowing any of the actual numbers, I kind of knew a good amount about what was going on but it okay. was it's still pretty different than i than i had imagined but i had a pretty good perspective going into
1: it so what would be the biggest difference that you th- compared to how you thought it was going to be i imagine it's going to involve bathrooms <laughs> bathrooms or dildos which it's, one
2: uh well dildos in the bathroom probably probably my dildo my dildo handled toilet plunger is <laughs> probably the weirdest <laughs> thing uh, no it, it's just money I mean it like I always thought there'd be more money than there is um, now like, it's f- like for me not for the like in for everybody else or the community or the employees but I just thought it would be a little bit better
1: yeah than, than more, it is more but, lucrative
2: yeah, it's definitely not as lucrative as I thought it was so
1: now there's a couple things to say though we have to give you credit for uh keeping this business running because we do live in the middle of the country like yes like Salisbury is a you know large town I guess you call it I'm sure it's not a city it's it's, is it a city I think it's technically a city I think there's somewhere
2: around 40,000 people in it or something
1: but what I'm saying is like our entire peninsula is just farmland basically farmland and woods it's yes so compare that to Annapolis or Baltimore or anywhere else Mm -hmm. that has like you know, every 10 miles is a game store. Yes. And they can stay in business because the population density of the cities nearby and definitely, all that.
2: Definitely a lot more people, for sure.
1: And I always say that, you know, there's only a certain demographic of people that will be into any of this stuff. So yes. naturally, if you've got 100 people and it's 1% versus a 10 million people and 1%, right. you're going to have a lot more people, you know? Yes. So it's impressive that... Store number one, as we spoke of before, has gone out of business. Store number two is gone out of business, and store number three has gone out of business. And you've been open during store two. I mean, uh, store two and three. Yes, that is correct. So, um, did I say store number four? No, you didn't. No, oh, two so. and three, because you are four. <laughs> I am four. Okay. We are so, not out of business. <laughs>
2: okay. Plenty of dildos to go around.
1: All right. Yeah. So uh, Black Friday sales of dildos, uh, <laughs> gently used. <laughs> so, <laughs> this conversation's devolved. Yeah, so. I don't know what we're even talking about. Right, so, anyway, uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we were just talking about something. All right, well, uh, anyway. You can cut that out later or whatever. Or you can leave it in. I don't give a shit. I have shit to what listen to this entire episode anyway and edit it. So oh, good for you. Fine, yeah. That sounds like fun, man. I will hear the D word more often in that episode than I have like in my whole life. For so. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. The D word. The
1: D word. <laughs> we're being polite now. I've decided to turn over a new leaf. So I'm imagining. Thank goodness I was starting to get offended. <laughs> I'm imagining that some people are tuning in just now. Oh, wow. Like they download yeah. the podcast and they click, you know what? I'm going to click three Let's quarters just, of the yeah, just this. Just jump in and see where we're at, you know? <laughs> See if this is
2: worthwhile.
1: Yeah, so uh, hope yeah. they
2: don't mention dildos. I hope not.
1: So, uh so I see these like in the last year, I've seen this like explosion of of uh, D and D or you know twenty eight millimeter models that are pre painted and whatnot. Oh yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You have like a whole freaking wall of these things.
2: Yeah, it. Um, it, I remember. I remember as a kid, every time I would go into my local game store and all the other game stores. They would always have. Uh, can I say the name of the brand? Is, is that I'm the, sure. okay? Well, they there were they were Reaper. Yes. Uh, the company was Reaper, but they were always made out of pewter. Uh huh. And I didn't really like that because I dropped one one time and it broke, and I didn't like. I cried. I was like thirteen or something. It was crazy. Twenty three or something. Yeah, or something. It was, I think it was last year actually. <laughs> but uh, so um, you're right. I do mumble. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, like so. I've always seen them in in stores. And every time I would go into one, I always thought, like, who are the people that buy these things? And as I've gotten older and into more things, I realize, first of all, people just like to paint, uh, like, little miniatures. Like, yeah. it's a it's a creative outlet for them. And then on top of that, like, the D&D explosion, like we had talked about earlier. Like, everybody wants to have their own personal mini, and they have to paint it, and everybody gets so excited about it. Um, and then not too long ago, WizKids came out with their own pre-primed mini. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty eight millimeter minis specifically for D &D. uh D, and uh, they I mean they've I I didn't really know I didn't know what to expect. They I mean we've sold we sold out completely of the first two runs that we bought because we kind of were really conservative on them. That's awesome. And uh, the last few times, like I like I was telling you earlier, they they came out with this model called a Beholder, and the first time they came out, we completely missed it somehow, and we didn't order any, so we had to wait like eight months to order them again. The next time we ordered them, we ordered, I think it was like 60. I think we ended up getting 65 in total. Of that one model? Of that one model, which was way, like 10 times more than any other model we'd ever ordered. But so many people had bought it, and it was out of stock for so long. We were like, you know, worst case scenario, we'll just pop them online later on. Uh-huh. They were gone in almost, I think it was five weeks, they were gone. We sold 60 of them. Wow. Just to random people, so.
1: Wow. Um, and I yeah. know, personally, I, I've bought a crap ton of them, like for brutality and Brutality, all that yep. You know, yeah. Yep. So that's that's pretty cool yeah and they're a nice quick purchase five bucks for two oh, models, yeah. and whatever
3: they, and they
2: take they take paint very nicely
3: yeah pre-primed
2: uh, pre-primed um, and you do get two models so and that's yeah. that's pretty cool
1: which puts GW to shame
2: because five dollars for two models 250 yeah.
1: for models like crazy <laughs> you realize uh, back in my day yeah um when I was playing Warhammer originally a tax squad of 10 marines was like 25 bucks. Two that, fifty a model. Yeah, that's not bad. And, and now it's forty or something. Like it's, I think it's probably forty bucks. Yeah. yeah. So it's the orcs it's crazy. are still
2: cheap though. I think you can get a. They 10 haven't thing been
1: a, redone. See the the way oh, the um, okay. you probably know this, but the pricing of GW things that makes sense. Though, when they yeah. redo it, it's at the new pay rate.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: like um like so dark orc, eldar stuff is still good.
2: Right. Yeah. The orc, I, I just ordered two boxes of orc boys uh for a fella, and I think they're twenty five dollars for ten or eight or something like that. Yeah. So. They're, and they're awesome models, so we're and trying to get some kill teams going on.
1: All of the Age of Sigmar stuff that it has not been redone. You oh, know, all man. the elves, all the dark elves, mm-hmm. all that stuff is still really good prices. Chaos warriors,
2: chaos warriors are cheap. If they yep. have mm-hmm.
1: not had to redesign it, it's at the good old prices.
2: Yeah, versus well, the, you the know. chaos warriors, they repackaged and they're definitely in plastic, which I don't know if they originally they were, were, but they it's like sixteen for forty, so it's not quite as cheap, but it's uh, still it's still pretty pretty inexpensive. Uh-huh. they they jacked all the prices up on the the um Stormcast Eternals guys. Really? Yeah. They well they it's funny they they released them, they jacked the price up, then they kind of backed off those prices. They oh. like the uh, I think the Judicators were 5 for 45.
1: Oh yes. And then
2: they did a a 6-pack six for 60 for 60, and then they did the same thing with the um the flying. I mean a 10-pack for 60. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yep.
1: Yeah, because a no, six pack said, for sixty sucks.
2: No, 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 I said it was a five pack then a ten pack.
1: You said a five pack then a six I,
2: pack. I'm allowed to be wrong, okay? It's all right. <laughs> Not on my show. Right. <laughs> you can definitely call me out, but I'm allowed to be wrong. That's fine. Um, but, but they, yeah, they did the same thing with the the winged uh, stormcast guys as well. Uh, it was three for like I think it was three for sixty, and then Shit. they did, and then they did six for sit for seventy five. Damn. Um, so, and that, what, what obviously is good for most people, I, however, was sitting on five boxes of them at the time. Of course. Of of the three, so I had to tape them together and lose money, essentially. Well, not really lose money, but... But, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. Huh. So. Yep. Well, um, could you speak to the idea that maybe online sales, like, sometimes you can see things... And whether or not this is a scam or not, I don't know, but sometimes you see things online, like whether it's books or whatever, Mm -hmm. dirt, dirt cheap, like so ridiculously Mm -hmm. cheap. I'm assuming that has to affect you in some way, right? Uh,
2: It it does. I mean, we're, we're in a pretty low income area, um, just like across the board. Uh Um, so yeah, we, we definitely are, are, you know, not thriving, um, in spite of the online sales, but, uh. Like, they're, I mean, there are even some times where they're so cheap that, I like, I'll order them online because it's cheaper than I can get them from <laughs> my distributor. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I, I ordered, like, uh, there were some D&D books they had that were, because the sellers were selling them essentially at a dollar above cost. And then on top of that, uh, Amazon was doing a thing where if you bought it, you'd get $10 back. Wow! So you were you were getting the D and D players' handbooks for like nineteen dollars and eighty four cents. Wow! And I I think I end up paying I think like thirty one dollars for the books. Wow! Something like I can't remember what it is. So yeah, I bought like eight of them. They wouldn't let me buy anymore. So
1: that's but, crazy.
2: Yep, but that and then we can that way we can run a few more sales and get people you know into the game because players' handbooks really like the main thing you need. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, online sales are uh, they're interesting. I, I, I don't do a lot of them because they're the fees on everything is so high. Uh, like we're we're a pretty small store, so we only have three employees and myself. And I would essentially need like two dedicated employees to just do online sales to really make it worthwhile. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm just not quite there yet. You know, I yeah. probably I don't really like the idea of selling stuff online just because I want to build the community first. Of course. And and I'm I'm less concerned about money than I am the community. Um, uh, like I had kind of said before, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it takes, it, it takes a dedicated number of employees to, to sell stuff online because it's so, they don't even mark stuff up sometimes. It's crazy. I don't, I don't understand how like the indie books could be so cheap online. Why
1: so. would they even do that? Like, is it a dollar per book profit? That's,
2: I I guess it's just because they know they can sell 700 of them in a week. I, I guess that's all right. what it is. I don't know. I mean, when they put them on Amazon or now they're starting to do stuff on like Walmart Supercenter website. Mm -hmm. I got an email the other day, sell your stuff on Walmart Supercenter website. You know, they didn't accept my response of fuck you, but, uh, (laughs) uh, um, but yeah, it's, uh, online sales definitely, definitely take a little bit of a toll, but we, we again more cater to people being in the store, Wanting to be here, playing D and D or Warhammer or uh, group games of Magic and stuff like that. So
1: let see, it's something that you've I've already learned something in this uh, discussion with you because I never realized that. I mean, it's it's stupid to say that I never noticed this, but it's something you don't think about. Right. You said building a community. Right. And you know most stores don't do that because they don't. That's not their thing. They're not building a community. Yeah, but It's yeah. actually very interesting that you hope hope to build a community and those people will hopefully be loyal to their store hopefully. because. You know they like you, and it's fun that's to be idea. here, and, and all of that. You know, I mean,
2: <laughs> most of them, most of them like me.
1: Yeah, but I'm saying that's interesting yeah. compared to, like I said, Marshalls, Walmart, any of those other places. Mm, they don't give right. a shit. Yeah, yeah. Or
2: know? even the p- previous three stores that. You or bought, that. You
3: know, yeah. Um. You know. Not the, to not
1: to throw shade at them. I legitimately only knew one of the three. Okay, so like I said before, we're really bouncing around to topics. But one other thing I have to ask you is that every comic store I've ever been into, they have. One, uh, they have these three things, and I've never purchased or seen anybody purchase these things. Well, thanks, dude. I really (laughs) appreciate (laughs) that. Number one, busts, like superhero busts. Yeah, yeah. Number two, uh, back issues of comic books. All right. okay. And number three uh, would be trade paperbacks. Sure. Now, I guess that was a lie because I do buy trade paperbacks. Definitely,
2: yeah. You even asked me to... But, order you one like 10 minutes ago yeah so. but
1: yeah it's i have amnesia so that's yeah, okay um but two of the three i have never yep. purchased or seen anybody purchase so sure do people buy those
2: yes uh short answer is yes long answer is the following <laughs> okay. um yeah. back issue so just to be clear back issues i i can only assume you mean like Old back issues, years old is what you essentially mean, like the individual well, floppy comics and stuff like that?
1: Yes, like, now you don't, you don't seem to do as much, but store number two, as we discussed mm-hmm. about the, uh, the water and the, the sprinkler system and all that, yes, yes, he, yes, yes. he had like, had to be tens of thousands of issues of back issues, Right. like in long boxes as yeah, that, far as I could see.
2: That's funny, uh, that you said it. he he actually bought all of those at the same time that he hired the comic book guy, that works for us, um... So, like, the other the comic book guy at the store number two yeah. is the comic book guy that we have. He also owned his own store yes, right I used out of to high go to. school. And when that store went out of business, the uh, I forget what the name of the store was. Um, well, I know what
1: it was, but I won't say it. It's
2: fine. It was the comic book store in Salisbury in the Twilley Center in, yeah. like, 1996 or that whatever. That was the one I went to all the time. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you could... I shouldn't say anything else, but anyway, uh, the, the the idea was when that went out of business, the guy retained all of his old comics, and then the owner from store two offered to pay the previous owner of the f- first comic book store that I knew of in the area to come work for him, and then at the same time, he would also buy all of his back issues, so that way they could have like a, a large chunk of issues for people to come and thumb through.
1: And did um, he ever sell those?
2: That that was very rare that people sold those uh, or bought those, I should say. Um, which is again, like I, I think that's just a product of the area. We are in a low income area. It seems in the six ish years that we've been open, most people want to sell us their old comics and not buy old comics from us. Ah, which okay. was kind of we kind of picked up on that pretty quickly, uh, because you know we've we all have kind of worked in stores like this in the area, um, so. We kind of knew that going in, and that's why we don't have a lot of uh, back issues in our area, uh, or in our store. Um, so what about the busts? Like uh, every comic book store has these busts. Busts are just kind of like a cool, eye-catching thing. Uh, the markup on them is not good, which is why I don't carry a lot of them. But, um, I mean, we offer special orders uh, on just about anything. The problem with special ordering busts is that most of the time by the time they're released they're already sold out because they only print a, a small amount of them uh, so if they only they're saying they're gonna make 5,000 of them if they get enough pre-orders they'll make more but if they don't they won't ever print more than that that x thousand of them or whatever so most of the busts that we sell are already paid for when they come out huh. um, we do try to carry some because they're they they look nice and they're eye-catching um, people buy them for nice Christmas gifts but they rarely sell any other time of the year besides the major holidays. So, Interesting. Um, yeah. And to kind of jump back on trades, trade paperbacks, or graphic novels as some people call them, uh, we do sell quite a bit of those. Um, mainly to subscribers because we offer them a discount when they uh, subscribe to three monthly issues of regular comics. But um, trades are, are the, the way to go these days. Like people... Like, that's what most people want. That's why if you go to, like, Barnes & Noble... Yes. ...they have so many trades and almost no floppy comics.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, uh, you so. know, I used to be a huge comic book fan. I mean, yep. my whole teenage years... I mean, I had, like, eight subscriptions at one time per month. Like, right. to me, that's a lot. Right. And, um... Uh, and eventually, as I got older, got kids, all that, started Warhammer, all that stuff, mm. I have just reduced everything down to getting trade paperbacks occasionally. Yeah. It's because, easier. And also, you don't have to yeah. worry. It's like one story yep. in the book. Yep. That's it. Yeah, and you it's don't almost have to always finalized. Like, oh, oh, shit, I've got four out of six issues of the story. Well, cool. Yeah,
2: and, you, and they always, they're always they always printing them. So, like, where they, the individual issues, they might only print two or three uh, printings of the first issue, and then it gets less and less and honestly, by three or four, they never—they almost never make reprint them. So you're either stuck paying for extra money uh, for them on eBay, or just waiting for the trade to come out because the trades—they're always going to print the trades all the time. So, huh? Yeah. Plus, you know, they're super easy to put on a shelf in the bathroom when you're turding.
1: Uh, yeah, when you're turding. <laughs> uh, uh You haven't you haven't been inside my house, I don't think. Yeah, but I went in there to poop one time. Oh, well, yep. on the floor—that was you. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Um, Mashed it in the carpet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that did not happen. That did not happen. To no, be clear. but
1: uh, you probably didn't see my bookshelf. I've no, got, no, no, no. I have uh, probably fifty trade paperbacks. Nice. Of, of oh, yeah. just various things. So.
2: Yeah, I, I have a problem. I keep loaning mine out, and I'll like like I've got a. Uh, I've got issue, I'm missing the first two issues of three different series that I really like and I'd like to reread, but oh. I don't know what the hell I did with them, so wow. I guess I'll just have to rebuy them.
1: You know, I have that uh, Ghostbusters omnibus. That's that not what I was me. talking yeah. about. Yeah, Okay, yeah. I didn't know if no, 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 you know,
2: you're- Well, they sent us that on accident anyway, so, Oh. Okay.
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I've read most of it with with uh, Cron Jr. Cron, yeah, yeah, you almost did it. So... Old Cron Jr., <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've pretty much covered anything anybody would ever want to know. Um, Probably. If you have any other questions that you would uh, that are just burning in your loins that you want to ask our friendly local loins. <laughs> <laughs> our friendly local <laughs> gaming store. <laughs> uh, did it just get hot in here? Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> you you immediately turned the color of a beet. That's right. So if you have any other questions, please hit me up at pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron. Or of course you can call in at that number that nobody has called into except to fart inside. Yes. Uh, so, oh man, what's that number? Uh you know, I never ever remember it. Ever. I, if, I remember you said that in the
2: last or the last episode of the podcast I listened to. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, oh, I just need to go learn it so I can show him how dumb he is. Yes.
1: (laughs) It's got a bunch of ones in it.
2: I always remember that part. Is that helpful? One 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 seven. It's like
1: nine digits. It's a bunch of ones. It's eight ones. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, anyway, thanks for being on, Mr. JD. You got it. I appreciate your time. No problem. No uh, one else does, so. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Later.
2: Let's get brutal.
1: Hey, cool cats and greedy dolls. It is time for Let's Get Brutal with the Pimpcron. And as always, I'm the Pimpcron, and as always, you are you. So let's continue diving into the first supplement for the Brutality Skirmish War game, which, of course, is my free rules, use your own models, RPG light skirmish war game. And, uh, Let's continue on with the Realm Book 1. So we've covered the Blur, and we've covered the Ashlands, so what's next in the Wastes, which is what this region is called, is the Once Was. Once Was is an area that has a story to tell, though no one is sure of what the story is. This place has very obviously been ravaged by some force and robbed of everything that it once had. Stories abound about how exactly this place came to be home of pathetic rust-colored trees and vast craters that could easily hold cities. Many believe that this region of the Wastes was stripped of all of its value by Cronel in his fight with the goddess. Cronel was said to be a master of nearly all disciplines of magic, though his abilities may be exaggerated. Some believe he could have easily ripped huge swaths of ground out and thrown them at Ishtar like a meteor shower. The Grand Goliath Peak in the center of the continent may be where those huge pieces of ground landed, piling up the land on impact. Others think that some great civilization may have used it for some purpose ages ago, and nobody remembers why. Some stories blame Efrent, stating that in his rise to power, he raped this region to build his wealth. It's always possible that Ishtar may have just ripped this area from another dimension when building this world, and it was already ruined. However it came to be this way, Once Was is not a bustling hub of activity except for people that want to escape. It may seem like desert, but the truth is much simpler. It's just dirt. A whole lot of dirt. There is only one town big enough to note, and nobody has ever really named it. Sure, there are dozens of smaller towns and camps, but none of them worth mentioning. Once Was is one of the highest concentrations of Narrows per capita due to the fact that it's just about nothing to steal. Now, if you'll recall, Narrows are what they call people that try to stay on the straight and narrow in the Aether Realm. This place is as poor as it gets and hardly sees any merchant activity. Farming is hard, hunting is hard, and life is hard in the once was. But these people are mostly left alone, and that's exactly how Narrows like it. As if Ishtar knew it might be a haven for peace, the food is so scarce that it greatly limits the population that can live there. The denizens tend to be quite lean and sad-looking, but at least they're left alone, more or less. Of course, there are two sides to everything, and due to the lack of people in this area, fugitives running from the Oathsworn, which is more or less the only police force in this area, like to take refuge here. Nowhere else in the Aether Realm is there such a stark contrast in the population. You're either a narrow, or you're the worst kind of person to be found in this awful dimension. One or the other. It's kind of... I suppose it's kind of up in the air in that way. As far as the flora for this area, just about nothing grows here, except for maybe the rusty pitchel trees and dry underbrush. The trees bear a cucumber-type fruit every once in a while, only 100 days or so, and the fruit is called a pitchel. In an exercise in necessity, the people of the once-was have become experts in new ways to cook this thing. Other than the occasional flowering once which is a plant, the only other thing these people have to eat is the tartuff bush, or brush baby, as it's called. This little grassy bush grows about waist high on a human and sways in the wind, making it look like a child from a distance. It has a couple little branches here or there that looks like arms or legs, and kind of a larger tuft up top that kind of looks like a head. They say necessity is the mother of invention, and that seems to be true because every part of Once Was society depends on the brush baby. From paper and food to clothing and alcohol, this is the plant that makes life possible in this place. It's been treated, dyed, shredded, flavored, and augmented in every way possible to make it a miracle crop in an otherwise pitiful environment. I think that's about enough of brutality for tonight, y'all. I appreciate you very much listening to my podcast. And I hope you enjoy it. And I will see you next week as we continue our look at the first supplement to brutality, which is Rome G- Book One, The Wastes.